man, is that the Rock News Weekly podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is Rock News Weekly. Every week, we bring you all the latest headlines in rock, metal, indie, grunge, alt, and classic rock news. This week's new releases, this week in music history trivia, movies, pop culture, and more. Follow us on all social media platforms at Rock News Weekly for our quick one-minute weekly update videos. And please give the episode a five-star rating if you enjoy the episode. Now on to this week's episode. It's time for another episode of the Rock News Weekly Podcast. This week of July 26, 2021, Season 3, Episode 29. Chris here in the garage with Charles and company. What's going on, man? Olo, Chris. Olo. Uh, to everyone out there, hope you guys are enjoying your week here as we kick it off for you with some great rock news, including... Iron Maiden announcing their first new album in six years. Ooh, that's pretty cool. We'll talk yeah. about all that. Hailstorms Lizzie Hale is named as Gibson's first woman brand ambassador. Oh, that's cool. Very significant. Very cool for Gibson guitars and for Lizzie Hale and Hailstorm. Uh, members of the Sex Pistols are in a legal battle over a new TV series called Pistol, oh, which is based wow. on them, so we'll talk about that. Coheed and Cambria released their first new music in over three years Ooh. and a huge tour that starts next month. Yo. We'll talk about all that great stuff. Plus this week, week in music history trivia, weekly WTF, and so much more. All of our links are up, rocknewsweekly.com. Give us a like and a follow, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Rock News Weekly. Uh, last week, we had some new albums that came out on the 23rd of July from Annika, Darkside, Dave, David Crosby, Ooh. Descendants, Jackson Brown, Leon Bridges, Megabog. <laughs> Megabog. <laughs> Shiny Joe Ryan. That's like for Mega Man. Shiny Joe Ryan sounds like a busker. Shiny like Joe a, Ryan. Like a street performer it in is. Memphis. Yeah. Shiny Joe Ryan. That's right. He's got the shiniest <laughs> shoes around. <laughs> and it's the, and it, the name of his album is Chinese Democracy. <laughs> That's awesome. That's kind of clever because that sounds like a play on Chinese democracy. Oh, it does. From Guns N' Roses, which oh, is pretty yeah. fucking clever. All right. 30th of July, which is coming up this Friday, we have some new albums out from Billie Eilish, Alan okay. Vega, Damn mm-hmm. Funk, Duran Jones and the Indications, Isaiah Rashad, Leela James, Los Lobos. Ooh, they nice. have a new album out called Native Sons. That's interesting. That's cool. Lump Prince, a oh, posthumous nice. uh, kind of thing here with Welcome to America, uh, a previously unreleased uh, album oh. from Prince. So if you guys are fans, awesome. check that out. Also, Torres and Yola all have new albums out. This coming Friday. I am a Prince fan. So let's no, kick it off with no some joke. tour news. Um, Volby announcing the 2021 headlining tour here. They're going to be on tour. It's an interesting look at who's the opening acts here. On certain dates, we have Twin Temple, Municipal Waste, Ooh. which is some very heavy thrash, like pretty awesome thrash from Nuclear Blast Records. Municipal Waste have been around since the 80s, and I'm like, wow, nice. why the fuck are they touring with Bullbeat, to be yeah, honest? Yeah, that's weird. And The Who. We've oh. seen them at uh, Aftershock. We interviewed them. Yeah, the yeah, awesome, very cool Mongolian throat metal. Oh, yeah. That they... They basically like coined that uh, genre. Oh yeah, they're yeah. the only ones. And then Twin Temple is kind of a, um, I don't know, they're kind of like a dark synth wave kind of, um, mm. you know, I don't know. They're 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 a little bit different. All those bands are different. They're like, all opening up for them, like so, a skinny puppy type industrial. In a way, yeah, kind of yeah. like almost. And if you want to, you know, I don't know, not satanic or anything, but very dark. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, that's um, very skinny puppy. Yeah, yeah, that kind of uh, style. So check it out. We're getting a bunch of dates in California. Of course, we're going to get them at Aftershock. Bullbeat's going to be playing there. Cool. But 
If you guys want to check them out at the Palladium, they're going to be there with Municipal Waste on the 10th of October. Oh, okay. Up and in then, Modesto? Uh, L.A. Oh, Hollywood gotcha. Palladium. Hollywood Palladium. And then Paso Robles at the Vino Robles Amphitheater. They're going to be there with Twin Temple on the 9th. Uh, you guys could check out some of the tour dates. They're also going to be in Oakland at the Fox Theater. Uh, some other tour dates in California, including San Diego. Uh, and then Florida, Georgia, Oklahoma City. You guys check it out on their cool. official website. But very kind of cool and unique tour for them. Yeah, nicely done. Foo Fighters making up their L.A. date for the forum. They rescheduled it. Uh, they canceled it. It was on July 17th, a couple, uh, couple weeks back. Now it's for August 26th. So if you guys had tickets for that, it's on that new date. Okay. So heads up if you guys had tickets for that Foo Fighters show. Rock News Weekly this week. Uh, all the headlines. This is a pretty big headline as Lizzie Hale named the first female Gibson guitar brand ambassador. Nice. She's partnered with Gibson and Epiphone and designed two sold-out guitars, including the Gibson Lizzie Hale Explorer okay. and the Gibson Lizzie Hale, um, or the Epiphone Lizzie Hale Explorer. Excuse well, me. Hopefully it looks better than um, the Kurt Cobain design of this <laughs> weird, monstrous guitar. I know, right? Uh, well, yeah, that was, a, I think, a half-baked kind of uh, approach to oh, yeah. the guitar design. Yeah. Um, on Thursday this past week, Lizzie Hale was officially welcomed to the Gibson family on stage by Caesar, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Guyakin, uh, brand nice. president of Gibson Brands at the Gibson Garage in downtown Nashville. She said, quote, ever since I was 16 years old, it was my dream to someday be a part of the Gibson circle. It's an incredible feeling to know that this dream has become a reality. Something magical ignites me when I hold a Gibson guitar in my hands. The same guitars that my forefathers and foremothers of rock slung over their shoulders. With mm. Gibson, I am the rock star I'm meant to be. It's a privilege to represent my genre, my gender, and the incredible power of music that unites us all with my beautiful Gibson family. Oh, I love that. I, I love Gibsons, too. But, you know, I heard that circle um, is full of jerks. <laughs> a jerk in circle? I heard, yeah, I heard it's, it's Who knew? a jerk-filled circle. Who knew? Uh, Lizzie Hill will also help drive the culture of giving back as part of the Gibson Gives Artist Advisory Council, where artists present philanthropic uh, opportunities, uh, not full-on rapic. Uh, <laughs> not full-on rapic, <laughs> but philanthropic opportunities <laughs> that fulfill the Gibson Gives Foundation mission of creating, developing, and supporting nonprofit organizations. Uh, youth music, uh, or excuse me, advanced musicians, youth-focused or uh, education and wellness initiatives. Mm. Jesus. Uh, according to the release. So, very cool. She's getting inside, uh, you know, Gibson with the whole, you know, she's doing her guitars, but she's also being uh, in the charity side of it and giving back as well. So nice. Nicely Very done. cool. Uh, and the first woman Gibson brand ambassador. That's cool. I can't believe it's taken that long. I know. To be honest, with I know. women like Joan Jett and others that have paved the, paved the way, so to speak, um, very cool that she's finally getting her due and uh, Gibson doing that. How much do you want to bet? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to put money on this. How much do you want to bet that um, Fender is going to have, like, a their next women's ambassador is going to be her? I'll bet you anything. Somebody Man, that, like that or that, maybe St. Vincent. Vincent. Yeah, that lady fucking shred. Oh, yeah, they shred. They shred. There's plenty of uh, women out there uh, that are really good guitar players. Oh, yeah. Tash Sultana, I know, is another one uh, that I've seen that – Man, there's so many good uh, that deserve recognition and oh, yeah. ambassadorship. There's some very half-assed uh, guitar players out there that get a pro model. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, why the fuck is that guy getting a guitar? Yeah, you big know time. what I mean? Big like, time. Like, he's cool and all, but 
He's like the guitarist from some, you know, whatever kind oh, of yeah. mid-tier band, and you're like, why does he have his own guitar? And then someone like St. Vincent or, uh, I don't know, you know, a, yeah. a, another female artist, like a Stevie Nicks even, fuck. Yeah. Give her something, you know? Give her an acoustic guitar yeah. or something. Yeah, Melissa you know? Etheridge, something cool like that. Cheryl Crow, yeah. Alanis Morissette. Okay, so I'm going to shamelessly plug Jewel. me here. Because you know? I want a, I want a guitar. I like, I want a guitar. They're so not going to give you, you one, Charles. Please, please, please go. Okay, so go on YouTube. Look this up turned Charles. into a, a plea for it's, women to get their own guitar. Did Charles, Charles get his own guitar? Please, 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 people. If you're, if you're, if you give away guitars, go, go to YouTube. Go to Charles Davenport Jr. Look up the song One Zero Eight and give me as many likes as you can how many likes can you give somebody <laughs> maybe just one check out his I, channel though check he, out yeah he, he's he's right about that part you che- do got to check it out check it out i don't know check about the sponsorship out. i don't know if you're there Charles. oh man maybe a couple more <laughs> i dude one a badass song that i wrote you got to get month. up to like maybe like a thousand followers oh i know right and then we can get you there yeah a thousand fo- or hey if anybody listens watches it and they like it you can send me a guitar <laughs> uh, just look me up <laughs> Just send it to me. Just send it to me. Why not? Yeah, you can sponsor me. Find my address, stranger out there. I will I will give it to whoever sends me a guitar. <laughs> you can have my address. All right, check out this badass album artwork Oh, it's Eddie. Here. It is, but he's in a samurai outfit. Oh, that's it's cool. Samurai Eddie from Iron Maiden announcing their first new album in six years. It is their 17th studio album. Yeah. Charles. 17th album. That's amazing. It's a double CD, triple LP. It's called Shenjutsu. The record, which is uh, the band's first in six years, was recorded in Paris. Their longtime producers and uh, uh, recording artists, Kevin Shirley and Steve Harris. Um, Out now is the animated video. The Writing on the Wall is the new single. It's got some pretty cool um, stuff in there, cool animation. Uh, he worked actually with two former Pixar executives on the new music video. No way. So it's really top notch. It's it's pretty awesome. Um, he says about the album, quote, uh, this is Steve Harris, or excuse me, Bruce Dickinson, lead singer. He says, quote, we're all really excited about this album. We recorded it back in early 2019 during a break in the Legacy Tour so we can maximize our touring yet still have a long setup period before release to prepare a great album art and something as special as a video. Of course, the pandemic delayed things more, so so much for the best laid plans, or should that be strategies? Mm. He went on to say the songs are varied, and some of them are quite long. There's also one or two songs which sound pretty different to our usual style, and I think Maiden fans will be surprised in a good way, I hope. Oh, okay. And he says strategies, it's kind of a clever play, because Shenjutsu is apparently, that's the translation of, like, strategies Yeah. in, um, I think, Japanese. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, during Maiden's last round of live dates. Um, They were talking about this new album, and it's finally out, so make sure you guys check it out and pre-order it now. It's coming out September 3rd. Iron Maiden's official website has all the details. It looks to be a really cool album. Um, Hopefully, when they say that some of their songs sound a little different, hopefully it's not like Paul McCartney's new song, Different. Which sounds What's like that? What's that? It's, so the video of it if, heard it, if if you look it up, there's this video. It's actually kind of the video is cool because they do the whole CG like Paul, young Paul McCartney. Okay, and they you know they have his face on this dancer and this guy's doing all these wicked dance moves and stuff. But it sounds like a poppy Madonna mm. Bruno Mars. It just uh. doesn't sound very Paul McCartney. But he teamed up with Beck to write the song. Really? Yeah. And so when I when I was like, oh, Paul McCartney and Beck. Fuck yeah! Yeah, I gotta and check then, that out. And then I listened to it, and I was like, uh, uh, 
Uh, I'm not really. I'm not just not really feeling it, man. That sucks. Not really feeling it. But I know he's a big fan of the show, so. Oh, he's a huge you know? fan. Listens all the time. S- send me a guitar, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> please. He, he's got to. Please. Send, send me one me of your a- violin basses. Send me. Yeah, please. And now a message from one of our sponsors. Bro. What's up, bro? Bro. What's up, bro? Bro. 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 Yeah, bro. Bro. Yeah, bro. Bro. Yeah, bro. Bro. Yeah, bro. Bro. Sup, bro? Bro. Yeah, bro? Bro. Yeah, bro? Bro. This fucking crow's milk has me super pumped, bro. Fortified with amino acids and protein gives me the power of a crow, bro. Oh, yeah, bro. Me too, because crow's milk is the drink of pros, bro. Get some crow's milk today. Crow's milk, the official drink of the Beefy Cake Fest Championship in Slovakia, Wisconsin. Don't be a wimp. Get your crow's milk today. Make sure to tell them Rock News Weekly sent you for a complimentary legal disclaimer. Uh, all right, Coheed and Cambria releasing yes. their first new music in three years. Ooh, nice. It's called Shoulders, their first proper studio recording in almost three years. It's available on all streaming platforms. Mm. Joined by a official visual visualizer streaming uh, video on the band YouTube channel. Mm. An official music video for Shoulders will be announced in the coming weeks, so that's not out yet. Okay. But they're still giving you a, a chance to check it out. YouTube, apparently it's part of a new album. They haven't announced a release date or a title for that new album yet. Oh, okay. But they have announced a huge tour. And we are going to be getting the dates here in California, kicking it off in L.A. in August. Wow. And then it's going through all the, looks like, southern, west coast, midwest, east, east coast. Huge tour. Uh, Meet Me at the Altar, as well as Carol's Daughter are the opening acts on that. I'm not sure who Carol's da- daughter is. Oh, but she's one of Tommy Tommy Thayer's <laughs> Tommy Thayer's kids. <laughs> and Carol Carol was Tommy Thayer's uh, a girlfriend at the time. Yeah, Carol's yeah. daughter. Right. That's it. I love their yeah, last no. album. Their last album was really really good. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was pretty dope. I actually, um, uh, what? Oh, there's one song. Oh God, now I'm drawing a blank. There's I think it was called. I'm Tommy Thayer's daughter. Please help me. I need money. He's not taking care of me. I live in his basement. He feeds me fish heads. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Killers to release a new album. It's called Pressure Machine, oh, okay. which is pretty pretty impressive. It's their seventh studio album. They just released a new album this past year, and they basically had so much new material, they had to put out another album. Oh, okay. They're uh, killing it. Yeah, so Brandon Flowers said, Everything came to this... Oh, excuse me. Uh, my tablet's moving around here. Everything came to this grinding halt during the pandemic, including their tour. He said, It was the first time in a long time for me that I was faced with silence. And out of that silence, this record began to bloom, full of songs that would have otherwise Ooh. been too quiet and drowned out by the noise of typical killer's records. So it sounds like it's a diff- different kind of a you know approach or type of songs. Well, you know, you know what's really interesting is that frontman Brandon Flowers said that, and he used the term, he used the word "bloom," in his description. I wonder if because wow. his last name is Flowers, you wonder he just, if that's intentional. He makes, yeah, he he says that all the time. Pretty. But how pretty are you crazy. doing? Oh, my music is just you think blooming. him it's and Orlando flowering. Bloom might be related? Oh, Brandon Flowers, Orlando Bloom, and if they got together and had sexual relations, Orlando blooming Brandon Flowers. Yeah, 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 exactly. Wow. It would just be like their 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 child would be named like I don't know. What Who do, knew? What do you think Daisy? What do you think Daisy? 
Daisy's got no comment. Daisy's got no she comment. She doesn't want to get involved in that. Daisy was snoring just a second ago on the floor, and I, and I went to her. pet her. And yeah, I scared the <laughs> shit out of her. I feel so bad. Audience, Daisy is um, is Chris's uh, uh, pet, and, and she's just such a sweetheart. She's like the sweetest dog. She's I know. going on 17 years now. Yeah. No, I'm, ju I'm just kidding. Years. Daisy's Chris's great-grandma. She's sleeping on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and Charles kicked her. I scared her. Uh, all right. Like, what? This is a war? <laughs> Let's move on. What happened? Johnny Rotten is getting pissed, guys. Always. He's always I pissed. I know. When is he not pissed? Uh, now he's pissed about this Sex Pistols TV series. Like, why the fuck are they even doing this? It's oh, called Pistol. And singer Johnny Rotten, a.k.a. John Linden, is calling the group's uh, band member agreement that's being used to push forward the use of their music in this series a form of slave labor that's what he says that, about this Johnny uh, Rotten said that Johnny Rotten said that oh, which funny. Of, of course is drawing some criticism because I'm sure it's nothing like slave labor <laughs> they're getting paid very well and they don't have to do any manual oh, yeah. labor against their will but according to NME here's the deal Rotten's testimony started today concerning the use of the band's music in this series guitarist Steve Jones and drummer Paul Cook wanted the series to include the band's music while Rotten has rallied against it and the it's a Danny Boyle directed series Danny Boyle Ooh, uh, love directed, Danny Boyle train spotting yeah. bunch of great movies uh, 28 Big days time. later amazing sunshine yep. oh yeah uh, uh, I mean fuck he's done yeah, so many he's great amazing. things Danny Boyle's great Slumdog Millionaire uh, reiterating the court that he viewed it as the most disrespectful shit I've ever had to endure that's what he was talking about, this. <laughs> the band's original bassist, Glenn Matlock, as well as the estate of Sid Vicious, also have supported the uses of the music in the series. Okay. So everybody's on board except for Johnny Rod. Of Rodden. course, of course. And with a, a conflict over the music usage, Jones and Cook cited the group's band member agreement. Yeah. that allowed licensing decisions to be made on a majority basis. Rotten has argued that the music can't be used without his consent and stated during the proceedings, the BMA has never been applied to anything we have ever done since 1988. Hmm. He went on to say, I don't understand how Steve and Paul think they have the right to insist that I do something that I so morally heart and soul disagree with without any involvement added the singer. The vocalist wow. went on to state that the legal documents terrify him and that he didn't understand what the BMA was when he first signed it. Mm. Uh, so, I don't know. I think that sounds like a bunch of bullshit, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, Johnny Rotten. It, uh, he, I love watching his interviews. They're great. <laughs> you know, the audience, They are something worth yeah. watching. Please, please look up on YouTube Johnny Rotten's interviews because he is like a... It, it, he, it's almost like he hates being interviewed, but he, like, embraces it all the same. Like, he doesn't leave the interview. Like, he continues to be interviewed, but, like, an interviewer would be like, hey, so what do you think about this? And Johnny Rotten would be like, I think I don't like your fucking face. <laughs> you, you, I, right? I hate this interview. Yeah, you're, you're a piece you're of a shit. You're a fucking loser. You're a fucking loser. Who, who hey, are you? Get out of here, wanker. And then it's like, and they'll go, uh, and he just stays there. Like, <laughs> yeah, waiting, right. waiting to be asked another question. <laughs> like, it's great. So his bandmates said, um, quote, maybe Steve and I have been too nice to John over the years in trying to maintain good relations and that we should have been tougher, end quote. So yeah. maybe that's the case. And huh. this is kind of proving that. So that's, yeah. I hope, hopefully they figure it out. I don't know. Yeah. He's, he's an interesting guy. He gives, he gives interview, he gives interviewers the, uh, the Ollie treatment when Ollie, what Ollie gives fans at a Bring Me the Horizon concert. Right. Where he's like, you fucking sicken me. Yo, you disappoint you me. You disgust me. <laughs> I love you. Push it back. 
off you sacrament. Check it out. Another band's got another beer, Charles. Oh, no way. And this time it's Helmet. Helmet huh. has partnered with Al Alosta Brewing Company. Okay. To brew a German-style Kolsch lager that oh. is super smooth and very easy drinking. Perfect beer for when you want to throw on some helmet and chill in the pool. Oh, they, hey, they released the it, band. They released it on my birthday. Oh, well, there you That's go. Cool. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and they took the well, they took the album art from their last album. That's. It's not very unique. Well, that's that's the album Betty. Yeah, the Betty that was that was their '90s one. Oh, that was it. I thought they didn't make any albums since the '90s. <laughs> that's they're definitely their most popular album. It is. They have made some it others, is. but uh, that's their most iconic for sure. Uh, Betty is on the artwork of the can. Seems like kind of like a I don't know a collector's item if you're into that kind yeah. of stuff. Uh, otherwise, it's just another beer, whatever. But seems like a lot of bands are doing that these days. Try and get as much money as they can. Oh, yeah. Check out this quote about uh, uh, Dave Grohl from D. Snyder. He said, Dave Grohl is the Phil Collins of his generation. Oh, cool. The so, Phil Collins that played drums at the Live Aid show or the Phil <laughs> Or the other Phil Collins? That Phil Collins. That Phil Collins. Oh, okay. Snyder went on to equate Grohl with 80s icon Phil Collins, but not in a derogatory way. As most rock fans know, the decades that saw Phil Collins act as a conduit for rock's greatest talent, teaming up with the likes of Robert Plant, Paul McCartney, Pete Townshend, uh, Sting, Peter Gabriel, Eric Clapton, Howard Jones, all these people, David Crosby. No, David Crosby. Uh, even him as well, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Snyder said about the, the way that Dave Grohl is, he says, quote, Dave Grohl is a true metal fan. It comes through, he's put through... He's put out some aggressive stuff in the pop songs. It's a real aggression and a real power, and screaming, too. He's getting people to accept this. I admire him. I'm not a Phil Collins fan, but he is a Phil Collins of his generation. Mm. This guy plays amazing drums, produces, writes, sings, does it all, and he does it well. End quote. Okay. I, I, I love the Foo Fighters. I, I don't think they're metal at no, all. No, they're not. But have you heard uh, Probot? No. Probot was a side project that Dave Grohl did that was straight up a tribute to basically the dark, heavy metal that apparently he's a fan of oh, okay. in his personal life. Oh. Musically, he's never done anything metal other than that Probot album, but if you guys haven't heard that album, I definitely recommend it. Oh, okay, I'll it's check it out. It's a pretty cool album where he collaborates with a lot of different musicians on basically each track. He gets somebody from the metal world to kind of collaborate and he does all the stuff like what he's saying producing writing singing doing all the shit himself yeah and it's kind of a cool um uh passion project that never really went anywhere oh yeah so I, I i i give a tip of the hat when musicians do that kind of stuff because you could tell that they're just doing it because they want to do it oh yeah it wasn't yeah. for like a um a financial gain a touring thing it wasn't for a, a whatever it was just because he wanted to do it Dude, and he does a lot of... Uh, I think he does a lot of that kind of stuff. He does. It's pretty cool. He does it with uh, Tenacious D, too. He's played drums on some of their, like, metal... He's always that guy tracks. that shows yeah. up on an album, and you're like, ah, oh, fucking Dave Grohl's yeah. there. You know? He's a yeah. cool dude. He's you look, got you his look hand at it. in a lot yeah. of pots, you know? Big a time. Of, a lot of irons in the fire. Oh, he also plays... He also... it's it's He's uh, he got got a costume on, and he... And he um, and he plays the devil in, in the greatest song in the world. Tenacious oh yeah, D. on um, uh, the um, Tenacious D film. Yeah, uh, no, or, yeah, he does uh, it. He does it on the uh, the video. The, he the voices actual music for it. Video. Yeah, he voices yeah. the devil or whatever. Yeah. right? yeah, yeah on the it's music video. That's what it was. 
pretty dope. All right, three rock commandments uh, that Sean Sean Morgan from Seether. I agree with these three rock commandments, and I wanted to bring it up before this is the last rock story of the week. Okay. He was talking about the top three commandments in rock and roll, mm. and I was like, this is actually pretty accurate, I thought. In an interview with Australia's Heavy Magazine, Sean Morgan from Seether was asked what his top three rock commandments are, and he said, all right, so here they are, top three rock commandments. The first commandment would be you've got to be true to yourself. And by that, I mean don't follow a trend. Don't try and be part of a movement. Just write music that makes you happy. Write music for music's sake. This is the guy from Seether, right? Yeah, Seether. I I, I know. He's not following that commandment. I sense your irony there, (laughs) but let's get through this, Charles. So the first one is just to stay true to yourself. The second one is write from the heart, lyrically. Because it's easy to write lyrics that allude to this party-type lifestyle. I guess there's a time and a place for that, so really whatever. If that's what you want to do lyrically, then go back to rule one. And then he says, I think the third could be have fun, but also don't take yourself too seriously. There's so many people that take themselves so seriously and they drink their own Kool-Aid, so to speak, mm. and they allow themselves to believe the hype, and then they become different people. Oh, yeah. Whoa. That's, yeah. You, you you can definitely, yeah, you can tell. Regardless of Seether's music, yeah. that yeah. aside, I think those kind of principles, right? Yeah, yeah. Generally, generally uh, um, a pretty good way of approaching rock. Yeah. It's but. like it's like if, if the lead singer of Creed... Said, listen, you gotta be well, unique. I, I probably be wouldn't have put it in here if it was if it was a uh, fucking Scott Stapp that said that. Dude, there's like a really funny family. That's funny. There's a there's a funny Family Guy clip. Um, look it up, audience. But it's it says uh, it's like every every music artist from the '90s, and it's like they're like they have to put a at the end of stuff. So he's like. And you gotta do this on the face. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh my god. Speaking that's so of accurate. that, there is a new documentary out. It's not on any of my prep right now, but we just watched it. The Woodstock '99 documentary. Oh, dude, did you watch This Is Pop? No, on I did Netflix? not. Okay, they they talk about that one. I, that's out. The Wood the Woodstock '99 documentary. It just came out on HBO Max. Hell yeah! On Friday, July 23rd. Ooh, I'm watching it. It's pretty. Uh, yeah, it's it's worth watching. It's it's worth checking out, especially if you were around that time to kind mm. of see a different way uh, that this whole festival kind of happened. Mm. Uh, besides the lens of MTV that we all saw it through. Yeah, this was before the era of, of internet, cell phone, video footage, all that stuff. And there was a lot that was going on at this festival. It's a lot of Limp Bizkit. (laughs) It is. It was a lot of Limp Bizkit. Yeah. Uh, A lot of Rage Against the Machine, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I try not to. I try to exclude them. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. That were playing the encore song Fire as people were lighting fires throughout the entire uh, festival. Oh, my God. There was also three female artists on that bill that a lot of people don't know. Jewel, Alanis Morissette. Oh, yeah. And... The fuck was the other one? It was the other like token one of that era. Well, you know that, what they say, right? What? What? What you got? You got to give it to your mama. Oh, but yeah, that's great. That's and, what they and Flea is completely naked as he's playing the. the oh yeah, yeah. During the show, it's worth checking out. It is a total shit show, and uh, the original Firefest, I guess you could say, like before disaster festivals were a disaster. Yeah. Woodstock '99 was the OG disaster festival. Oh yeah. 
Uh, yeah, on that on that on that show, uh, this is Pop on Netflix. They talk about basically how the entire festival was just run by corporations, right. and like, and they ran out of bottled water really fast. So what do you do? You you make bottled water eight bucks a bottle. It was four dollars. <laughs> oh yeah, and well, it four dollars and ninety nine. Yeah, it was it was yeah. crazy. And and you think about at that time in nineteen ninety nine, four dollars for a bottle of water. I could right now in twenty nineteen or twenty twenty one, I could buy a case of water for four dollars. Yeah, that has thirty five of them. But think about that back in 1999, what $4 could have bought. And then you're charging, you know, for something that people needed to basically survive. Yeah. And you're trying to commoditize it. And that was the whole thing of Woodstock 99 is that it was a very corporate commoditized festival. And that's why oh, it yeah. was so poorly received uh, compared to a lot of the other stuff that, that happened then. So anyway, really good documentary that just came out. It's uh, it Woodstock out. 99. Check it out. This week, Rock Birthdays, Bernie Leadon, the original member uh, from the Eagles, 74. Oh. Don Henley from the Eagles, Ooh. also 74. Okay. They celebrate the same week. It's not the same day, but um, there you go. Thurston, Thurston Moore. Moore. Oh, Sonic cool. Sonic Youth, 63. Slash, his birthday, he's 56. John Hall from Orleans. He was actually a Democratic congressman from New York State and also the lead singer of that band, Orleans. He turning 73 this week. What, wait, Slash is only 56? I know. What? Yeah. He looks like he's 80 oh, years old, man. but he's 56. He must have been super young back when uh, GNR first started because, yeah, I mean, he, he, yeah, 56 is young. I know. I thought he was way older than that. Yep. And now a message from one of our sponsors. Hey, son. You feeling okay? Yeah, just a little down in the dumps. <laughs> Don't worry, kiddo. I got just the thing. What's that sound? It sounds like the wall is breaking. Hey, y'all. I'm Chicky Merrill Nubbins, renowned blues harmonica player. Now, I may be known for sucking on my harmonica. Now I want to share my passion for sucking on chicken bones. Chicken marrow nubbins are grade A chicken bones with the nubs broken off so you can suck all that sweet, sweet marrow nubbins out easily. Wow, chicken marrow nubbins is so cool. Yeah, but what's wrong with his teeth? Well, I'm glad you asked. That's all the chicken grease that keeps my harmonica sliding through the night. No, seriously, that's disgusting. It smells like death. Don't you sass me, boy! You just hit my son! So get some chicken marrow nubbins tonight from yours truly, Chicken Marrow Nubbins. Alright, we got some trivia, guys. This week in Music History Trivia 1973. Alright, let's go back to all the way to 1973. This musician here is forced to use 1 million British pounds raised for relief efforts in Bangladesh to actually settle a UK tax bill. Man. So he tried to raise money for this charity, ended up having to pay a tax bill over the whole deal. Was it A, Phil Collins, B, George Harrison, or C, a coke-fueled David Crosby? Oh, man. What do you think, Lalo? That is a Here, tough choice. Ahead. That's a tough choice right there. 100% gonna have to go with a co-fueled David Crosby. I mean, obviously. That's that's my boy. Absolutely. No, Charles, he's, I think yeah, you know the story about he's this. He's 100% right. Yeah, what happened was um, 
And you know what's funny? Also, just by the way, one million British pounds in 1973 was exactly 12 American dollars. Wow. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Just worth it, yeah. absolute garbage, <laughs> the British pound. Uh, so what happened was um, was uh, David Crosby actually had to settle a UK tax bill on the ginormous amount of cocaine that he had. He just put it all on his credit card? He put it all on his credit card, and, and he got this huge tax bill. Wow. And, uh, and they came out, and they said, David Crosby, you owe us exactly you 12 American dollars, 1 million pounds. And uh, David Crosby was like, well, fuck, man, I guess I got to get Got to put it on this concert, I guess. I don't I know. I got to put on this concert. And and, uh, and that was it. And the, the entire wow. concert was just him and uh, and his Wilford Brimley mustache. And he had little little uh, chimes, little bells that were, like, hooked to it, like a cat almost. Oh, and he wow, just, like, okay. ran around the stage with these little chimes just chiming across his chin. And, uh, yeah. That sounds like pretty, a great show. It, it was a great show. It, look it up. Um do us a favor, audience. Look up on YouTube. Cokefield David Crosby prances around like a kitten with chimes hanging from his coke-plastered Wilfred Brimley mustache. Type in that entire thing that I just said yes. into, into YouTube. Because it will find you'll, nothing. And you'll, That is absolutely not true. <laughs> it was the concert for Bangladesh uh, put on by George Harrison. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Indian sitar player Ravi Shankar. Oh, Ravi, Ravi Shankar is awesome. The shows were held uh, Sunday, August 1st at Madison Square Garden in New York City to raise international awareness of fund relief for the refugees of East Pakistan following the Bangladesh Liberation War-related genocide. It was mm. a big deal at the time. The concerts were followed by a best-selling live album that came out, right? A box set of three records from the Ooh. show. Um, it was a documentary as well. It opened in cinemas in the spring of 72. So here's the deal. Aside from the complaints regarding the high retail price, uh, price of the three-record set, which apparently, particularly in Britain, uh, was a result of the government's refusal to waive its tax surcharge. Mm. So the government in Britain was like, no, we're not going to waive that for charity. We're going to charge the person buying this record more money, right? So controversy soon surrounded the project's fundraising. Most importantly, Klein had failed to register the event as a UNICEF benefit beforehand, and it was subsequently denied tax-exempt status. Wow. So then the tax bill comes into play of what we were talking about. Oh, yeah. Where all the money they raised, they basically had to pay a tax bill because they didn't do it the right way. That's horrible. And they didn't do it as a UNICEF uh, event. That's horrible. Isn't that horrible? Uh, George Harrison. Well, that was that time, though, I guess, in the 70s where artists had an idea, kind of a half-baked, let's do this for charity. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it's all for Bangladesh, and then they didn't do it the right way, and then they're, like, getting screwed by the IRS now yep. because here comes the tax man. They said it was all for charity, and it wasn't. You know who the tax man was in this circumstance? A Cokefield David Crosby. <laughs> was it? <laughs> it was. No kidding. Okay. With his mustache, and he just, like, and he, like was curvy. And he was wow. like, give me your money that you raised for Bangladesh. Like he spoke like mustache. that. Like curvy yeah, and then mustache. Yeah, he was like, man. <laughs> oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Give me the money that you raised for Bangladesh. All right, check it out. We got another trivia question here, guys. Ooh. 1982 this week. We're going to 1982. Eye of the Tiger by Survivor hits number one on the pop charts this week. It stays there for six weeks. It was huge. What Ooh. Rocky film was it featured in? Was it Rocky 2, Rocky 3, or Rocky 4? Hold on. And also, this was Survivor's biggest hit of their career at the Ooh. time. What was the inspiration of naming the band Survivor? 
according to Jim, founder Jim Pederick? Was it A, a plane crash, B, yeah. a shark attack, or C, surviving an attack from a coke-fueled David Crosby? Ooh, God, you got to throw these are that tough choices. In there. Yeah. Please choose wisely. That's rough. Well, let me just let me digress a bit. So uh, the founder, Jim Pederick, I would never let him around my children. Just because of his last name. Just because of that la- last name, right? <laughs> Just because sure. of his last name. It is a pretty creepy name. Yeah, it is. It Gotta is. say that. Uh, Lalo, get in here. What do, you, what, do you, what do you think this is? So what movie do you think the, the Survivor number one hit, Eye of the Tiger, was from? Okay, so this is a tough one because I am positive that it's the one with Mr. T, and I have no <laughs> idea which one that is. <laughs> so That's a good guess. Yeah, that's a good guess. Oh, man. Yeah, I guess I'm gonna have to go with Rocky 2. Rocky 2, okay. All right. We're and then on to Charles our, we're on, s- on the second half of this question. Okay. This was Survivor's biggest hit of their career, right? What was the inspiration of naming the band Survivor? Yeah. Was it A, a plane crash, B, a shark attack, or C, surviving an attack from a coke field David Crosby? Well, you know what's really funny? So it could be all three. Well, well, at once. It, it, that's really cool that it you said that. It could be all three at once. That's actually what it was. So they, so the the front man um, survived an attack from a coke field David Crosby, who who came at him. Like a plane crash and a shark attack at the same All time. At the same time. Yeah, and 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 it's so weird because um, that that attack was witnessed by a young future director who who uh, uh, who created the movie Sharknado. <laughs> right. And yeah. Put it all together. And put it all together. And so it, that was like, his interpretation of that attack. And in that film, Sharknado, wow. you will at some point see a coked up David Crosby. In the tornado. In the tornado. You just got to pause it at certain points. It's actually a tornado gotta, of cocaine. Yeah. You got to p- play. Little a, known fact, the tornado it was yeah. from David Crosby <laughs> doing so much cocaine, <laughs> he created a tornado vortex of it cocaine. Was, and if you uh, and if on. you if you play uh, Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, <laughs> exactly, it three syncs up with it. Shark. It's amazing. It syncs up. It's pretty pretty impressive. I I think it's a. I'm not I'm not I'm not entirely sure. It doesn't matter. It's a. <laughs> Before Survivor formed, Jim Pederick was the lead vocalist for the guitarist band The Eyes of March. Here's the story, okay. guys. The Jim Pederick band formed after he released his album. Blah blah blah. Drummer Gary Smith, bassist Dennis Keith Johnson have both been members of this other group. It was called Chase. It was a jazz fusion group, right? Mm. Pederick had worked with Chase in 1974, so one of the main inspirations for Pederick's choice of the new band's name was his narrow escape from death when he was unable to make a guest appearance at a Chase concert scheduled for Jackson, Minnesota, August 9th, 1974. He ended up not being on the plane that crashed and killed Bill Chase and most of his band. Okay, so he named his band Survivor. That's fucked up because <laughs> that, he survived that that's plane crash. Horrible to the family. That killed his entire friends and that's horrible. Other band. That's that would be like that's, a um. That that would be like a dude from Blink One Eighty Two, the drummer. What God? What's his Travis name? Travis Barker. Travis Barker. Yeah. I, I can't. I can't believe I couldn't remember his name. So Travis. That would be like. Travis Barker, like, actually writing a book called The Boy Who Lived. Yeah, Travis Barker's Survivor (laughs) Story. Survivor, I survived, they didn't, in parentheses. Horrible. (laughs) And the Eye of the Tiger is just So think about that. There you go. Survivor, Eye of the Tiger. It's because his friends died and he didn't. Thank God they died (laughs) and I didn't. All right. Thank God I'm a survivor. All right, all right, all right. Uh, 
we don't need to talk about that. Uh, movie, TV, entertainment news. Let's move on to that. Damon Wayans Jr. is gonna host Frogger. Ooh, wait! I gotta love the Wayans, man. Big it, shout out to that family. It's on Peacock's uh, new app. It's nice. called Frogger, a competition series based on the '80s arcade game. Oh, Deadline yes. reports that the show is gonna feature a variety of obstacle courses for a grand prize of a hundred grand. That is that's kind of cool. That is dope and. Please, Wayans, just keep 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 going. Don't don't ever stop. You guys know, are awesome. Right? Your family is great. Um, some movie, TV, entertainment news here with HBO's Game of Thrones prequel, House of Dragons, has been paused after a member of the production has tested for positive uh, COVID nineteen. Oh, shooting is set to resume Wednesday. Several other shows have been put on pause for COVID as well, including Bridgerton and Matilda the musical. Lots of things, you know. I mean, it's just the way it is. Yeah. Uh, but at least those things are going through. And it looks like the first Game of Thrones prequel, House of Dragons, is going to be happening next year. So you know, I don't know how I feel about schedule. that. I've, I've actually read the all the books. Yeah, um, I've read the Game of Thrones books. What do you think of the prequel? Well, I know that um, George R.R. Uh, R. Martin, he is like really skeevy. Like he's very like <sighs> he's a total creep. He's Lord. a total creep. Yeah, and uh, and there's a lot of nasty sex stuff that goes on. Like I know that Game of I Thrones. I wonder what was, happened like, in sexy. his childhood. I gotta say, I, seriously, when you're reading the books, you're like, oh my. God, what like happened your, to George R. R. Martin's childhood? Jesus, yeah, like, Jesus just, tap dancing Christ. Ooh, it's nasty. It's like a, it's no, like a, right, a dark dream of David Crosby. <laughs> it's it's what's crazy. <laughs> what's what here though? It, it's I don't know, man. Like they're talking <laughs> specifically about the Targaryens, and if anybody who's read those books, it's all incest. It's an incestuous it's family. Pure incest. Yeah. So like, what I think is what's going to happen. Like, I already know what's going to happen. So at the very end of the series. <laughs> At one point, some, somebody somebody is gonna stumble across a Targaryen house, and he's gonna come out, and he's gonna play the banjo really good, <laughs> like surprisingly well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he's gonna have little teeth and big gums. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they'll go down to the yeah. river, and they'll go on a fishing trip. Yes. And then one of them will squeal like a pig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then. You know? And that's it. That's it. That's the whole. That's the Targaryens. And George R. R. Martin is sitting there just laughing himself, slapping his knee. He's he, he's such a. He's uh, the one playing the banjo. Turns out. You know what? I'm sorry, George R. R. Martin. I know you're a fan of the show. Please, please send me a guitar. Send me a banjo. <laughs> please send me a banjo. Please. All right. Uh, Olympic skateboarding competition's been happening. I yes. I enjoyed it uh, this past Saturday night. Uh, Japan won. Yeah. Uh, they got the gold medal on the street, which is pretty impressive. Uh, U.S. got the bronze, and I forget who got the silver. I think it was Brazil. Oh. Lalo and I skated over here today. We're, nice. We're I know. You guys are yeah. skateboarding uh, skate. as well. Women's park prelims coming up on August 3rd, and men's park prelims August 4th. So make sure you guys check that out on oh, NBC. Yes. Very first time skateboarding's been in the Olympics. Very cool. Uh, so Sunday night, the women's um, skateboarding championship. Yes, yes, it's gonna be awesome. Make sure you guys check it out. Yep, because that eleven-year-old Sunny, she's pretty awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, she's amazing. Do you see her her run-ups to the Olympics? Yeah, she's amazing. This is sad. I remember letting some of my friends know about this that I was pretty happy that this was gonna happen. Yeah. And then the plug uh, got pulled on it less than a day after the word word broke of a Thelonious Monk biopic or biopic, however you say it, starring Yasin Bey, aka Most Deaf. The project has all but fallen apart. What? I was looking forward to that. I just read about it. The jazz legend's estate denounced the film as a totally unauthorized uh, biography. He says, so, uh, uh, most deaf made this statement. He says, quote, let me be clear. If the Monk estate is not happy with it, if Mr. Monk III is not happy with it, then neither am I. 
Uh, to be clear, I was given every indication by the production company that the family was on board. It was one of my primary questions. So he's like, what the fuck, guys? Yeah, yeah. he's a stand-up dude, though, mo- most definitely. He is. He yeah. is a good guy, but that's really day. shitty to be, like, giving him the oh, idea, yeah. letting him know, and being like, looks like he even, like, maybe took a kind of a promotional photo to kind of look like him. Yeah. Uh, or maybe that's just, like, a stock photo. I don't know, but... That's that. Yeah, it's shitty. Yeah, that's it's just horrible. shitty all around. So. Well, I'm I'm glad that they. Even though I'm sad that they're not doing it, I'm glad that they that they didn't go through with right. it. Like that jackass who did the Anthony that, Bourdain or that Hendrix one that yeah. was not authorized by the Hendrix yeah. estate as well. Got to let um, the family authorize. Yeah, it. come on, guys, come on. Um, all right, news from around the world. Four month world cruise with starting base fare of seventy three thousand dollars sells out in three hours. Whoa! So check this out. You can go on this cruise that makes a stop at 66 ports in 31 countries. Wow. It's a, a literally a world cruise. And the starting base fare of like a shitty-ass spot on this boat with not a view of the ocean, $73,000. Wow. It's sold out within three hours of going on sale. Apparently, oh. the highest it could be was $200,000 per guest. Yeah. That you could get on there. The cruise on the Seven Seas Mariner will leave Miami January 2024, making stops at 66 ports, 31 countries around the world, before returning four months later. You know, I have you ever been on a cruise for four months? I mean, that sounds pretty awesome, but yeah. Have you ever been on a cruise? I have not. I I have not. We went on, um, Lalo and I went on a a three-day cruise um, with my mom and Lalo's mom and... um, and it was it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of fun stuff to do, but you can't last like more than like a week on a cruise before you're like, I want to go home. Right. Like I want to be on my because everything is very compact. And but it's 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 a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun stuff to do. Um, it's a blast out there on the ocean. It's Four great, months. But yeah, there's no way you can do more than a week on a cruise. It's just you just can't do it unless you have like a spacious room. Um, you know, you're you're seriously like when you sit on the toilet. If you reach your hand, like, past your knees, you're touching a wall. Like, that's how kind of cramped the quarters are. But it's, it, like, you know, it's it's fun. The food is hella good. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, food on cruises is pretty awesome. Uh, for any of our audience who actually were stuck on cruise liners during COVID, I'm sorry for everything <laughs> I said. It, it, I, I don't apologize. Know. I wouldn't want to get on a cruise ship anytime soon. Yeah. Considering the last time that a lot of people were on cruise ships, they had to be quarantined and yeah. docked. And stuck on that fucking boat until oh, yeah. they all like quarantined them all. Yeah. So imagine being on a boat for four months with people. Oh yeah, no way. I I don't know. I don't That'd think be I a lot of that. yeah. That 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 could be a movie. They would they would title it Murder Murders on the Cruise Ship. Total nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So check this out. Weekly WTF this week. Very shitty situation with video game giant Activision Blizzard being sued by California labor regulators who charged that the company has a, quote, pervasive frat boy workplace culture. Oh, I can see This that. lawsuit says female employees at this company create that created Call of Duty and World of Warcraft face sexual harassment, unequal pay, being passed over for promotions, and retaliation for raising concerns. It charges that male employees will, quote, engage in banter about their sexual encounters, excuse me, talk openly about female bodies and joke about rape, end quote. Activision Blizzard calls the claims in the lawsuit distorted and in many cases false, end quote. But hmm. what do you think about that? I think it's it's probably possible. I think so. Yeah. If you've seen those guys who are, um, you've seen those guys who, even the YouTubers who 
play games. It's it's a very bro culture. It is. It's, sure. And it's not cool. It's not a cool bro culture like the bro culture from Crow's Milk. That bro culture is pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome and inquisitive. Mm-hmm. And, and inquisitive, yeah. And you know, like respectful, self-aware. Yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. That I, I, that yeah. ad uh, we debuted this episode, so yeah. you know. That was, that was a pretty groundbreaking ad from Crow's Milk. Yep. Trying to break down the barriers, you know. Break down the barriers right. and not all bro culture is bad, you know. Right. Like, you know, Sometimes bros, bros just, like, want to, like, find out the meaning of yeah. of bro. Yeah. What does bro mean? It's like the very, them. Yeah. It's a very famous, um, a very famous Cindy, mm, Cindy Lauper song. Is it, though? Bros just want to have fun. Well, that's not so famous as girls want to <laughs> have fun. <laughs> But I get your point. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so let's move on to a news story about Christina from the show Flipper Flop. Okay. Apparently, she likes to smoke toad venom. Uh, Who doesn't like to smoke some toad venom on a Friday night? Well, so here's the deal. Flipper Flop star Tarek El Musa, which is her ex-husband, he kind of flipped out on the set of one of their shows recently because... Christina Hack, H-A-A-C-K, um, okay. is her name. She talked about how she's been going through some tough times and doing some different types of therapy mm. to deal with stuff. And apparently smoking toad venom is one of those forms of therapy. Toad venom is the dopest band name I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> toad venom. <laughs> right? So here's the deal. Um... She made this announcement that he was, or she made this announcement that she's been going through therapy and doing different types of holistic types of, you know, whatever, therapy and stuff. Yeah. And apparently, smoking toad, de- uh, toad venom was one of the things that she did to deal with her anxiety. He freaked out on the set when he found out about this. He said, Look, Ooh, can I do this quote? Sure, yes. All right, so this is what he said. Okay, he yells it. He says, Look at me! Look at me! Look at me! It's called winning. The world knows you're crazy. End quote. This submission comes on the heels of her revelation that she once smoked toad venom. Hack has been making a lot of headlines lately for her new post-toad smoking relationship with Joshua Hall and her divorce from Aunt Onstead, who has moved on with Renee Zellweger. So there you go. She's smoking toad venom. Have a good time with That's that, I guess. real smoking Very toad strange. venom is, the, is either the, like, toad venom's either the coolest name for a for a band or smoking toad venom is the coolest name for a song. <laughs> Look at this creepy animatonic Joe Biden. He's uh, going to be debuting at Disney. He looks like Putin. <laughs> He's going to be debuting at Disneyland's Hall of Presidents next month. Uh, Biden's real voice will be heard reciting the presidential oath. Uh, as well as he's going to have his uh, a table there with peach blossoms on it yeah. to represent his home state of Delaware. Oh, my God. Isn't that fascinating? You know, there there has <laughs> never been a president um, outside of maybe uh, W that I've wanted to have a beer with. Um, no, I would say uh, uh, Obama is probably like Obama oh, is a yeah. very beer worthy, worthy dude. Like I would much rather have a beer with him yeah, than Biden. That, yeah, that would be pretty cool. I think Bi- Biden would start talking about rambling old shit. And I think that's fun playing stickball. I, I think it's fun. Like if you, yeah, if you've ever been to a pub and there's like one single dude, like he's older, you know, maybe like a like yeah, a retired he's like the like regular English guy teacher. there. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's got it, stories. Yeah, and it's yeah, and he talks over you, and he doesn't give a shit what you have to say, but he's got like these these amazing mundane stories. Like, 
I think Biden would be the same the same way. It'd probably be pretty fun. That's a good point. But I actually, it's weird because I actually um, I saw something where where Obama was having a beer with somebody. It was like a, it was literally like having a beer with the president type right. of an interview. And he just seems like a really cool dude. He like, does really chill, kick back, you know. But W is the same way. Like W, I heard, I heard he's like very chill and kick back. Probably like to have a beer with him too. Yeah, big to time. Be honest, big um, time. Somebody who probably doesn't want a beer, who's a total wreck and a nightmare right now, but it's looking up for Sean Weiss, the goalie from the Mighty Ducks. Oh, yeah, nice. He's had his 2020 burglary charge dismissed after successfully completing a court-ordered drug program. Okay. He's demonstrated perseverance during his recovery. Um, Sean regained employment and has been traveling across the country making guest appearances and signing autographs. Okay. He received tremendous support from his friends and fans of the character Goldberg he played in the 1992 hit The Mighty Ducks. Oh, he was looking rough. Did you see those pictures of him? Oh, he was looking rough, Oh, my God. He was was looking like he was about to go any second. Somebody, I remember the last news story I remember reading about this guy was that somebody paid for his brand new set of teeth. Oh, really? his teeth were fucking gone oh yeah like just he had like two chompers there yeah and they paid for a whole new grill for him and he looks great well that's cool you know it was like a six or seven thousand dollar procedure yeah and somebody paid for it you know and he's going through this thing so i know he's a big fan of the show oh yeah uh goldberg listens all the time uh so we're rooting for you we're We're rooting rooting for for you dude Keep Seriously, up, in fact, um, uh, I shamelessly plug one of your buddies' podcasts that talks about addiction and how oh, to yeah, recover. Yeah. Um, and that's 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 really kind of. I mean, they should get him. That would be pretty. That I've, would be pretty dope. I've sent it to Jason and Mikey to get Sean on the show. That would be amazing. So to I hope have they him do on the show. I, you, I hope they do. You know who's not looking good either is Bam Margera. <laughs> you, he is. Ooh. You were absolutely correct about that. Ooh. And the last interview we had with him, we had to pull it down. Because no. it caused so much controversy. Apparently, he was on pills during the interview. No. Did you interview him? I did not. Uh-huh. It was Jason and Mikey, and they didn't know that he was on pills, and he was just spouting off a bunch of crazy shit. They no. just thought it was Bam being Bam. Put out the episode. They got calls from Steve-O's camp, from Johnny Knoxville, from everybody. They were like, why did you put this out there? Bam's clearly not in a good state, blah, 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 and it was a big fucking deal. Wow. So we had to pull it and take it down. And they've guaranteed now that Bam's going to give us another interview. Uh, like a sober interview? Yeah, when he's better. Oh, that's good. That's but good. still, yeah. you're spot on. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> you so, know, you know, uh, if yeah. we didn't have such a heartbreaking story about David Crosby last episode, I would, <laughs> I would probably throw in a couple of David Crosby's there. But, man, that story that we aired last podcast was, oh, yeah. it was so, such a bummer. Like, I almost, I almost felt bad. For um, for David Crosby, we we've we our podcast and constantly making jokes and talking shit about David Crosby has led him to this degenerate state that he's in. Oh, it that's it's entirely all possible. It's 100 our fault. That's entirely possible. It's so, also entirely possible that right now he's sitting in a bathtub covered in Cheetos with three revolvers sitting on <laughs> sitting on his a bathtub chest. full of cocaine. <laughs> it's not water. It's yeah. just a bathtub of cocaine. Oh, man. Just eating some chicken marrow nubbins, just loving life. You know, that's what you do. Yep. All right, last story of the week, guys. Check this out. This is pretty amazing. A pair of amateur fossil hunters were using Google Earth to look for fossil sites. Oh, nice. They found a spot in the UK on Google Earth after researching the geology of the area. Neville and Sally Hollingsworth discovery 
of hundreds of samples dating back more than 150 million years wow. has stunned experts. The specimens dating from 174 to 164 million years ago yeah. and onwards could spark new research that was never before possible due to small number of samples held in collections. I love this couple. They found this shit on Google Earth. Yeah, I love this couple. If uh, if you guys uh, look up the show uh, Expedition Unknown, there's this really cool guy. He's almost like a modern kind of Indiana Jones, really, but really, really? Lo- really lovable dude, like a very lighthearted guy. But yeah, there's nine seasons of the show on Discovery called Expedition Unknown. And and it's probably it's it's not super popular right. because he's he's a cool guy. This couple uh, actually comes on when they're they're looking for this like famous Scottish treasure. Okay. And apparently they found um, some Viking treasure uh, that and they and they ended up getting like three million for it or Holy something. Shit. But it was like the oldest Viking hoard ever. But you know what's you know what's funny and I'm glad that we ended it here because this is perfect for a joke. And and so g- couple uses Google Earth to find rare fossils is the headline of this. Right. audience that is a perfect opportunity for a joke where you're like really how do they do it and it's like yeah they zero in on you but <laughs> oh yeah exactly yeah they zero in on they google google earth hones in on you and it's just you standing in your driveway <laughs> <laughs> that's it for the and rock I'll news weekly i'll podcast, be here guys. next week folks <laughs> Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Rock News Weekly. And, of course, give us a like and a follow if you enjoyed our podcast and whatever, however, however you're listening. Google Store, Apple Store, give us a rating. Uh, we do appreciate it. It helps other people find our podcast. The more ratings we have, if you guys want to leave a little cool little blurb, just a simple sentence, it does help us in the long run. We do appreciate it. Uh, rocknewsweekly.com. Check it out. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.